Everything you want to know at the Headley Group Real Estate Show. Tune in, tune in for all the hotness. When it comes to real estate, we cover all topics. First time homebuyers selling your property. Want to build an empire? Real life monopoly. We talk duplexes, triplexes, multifamily units, and commercial investments. We got you. The Headley Group got you. You can own whatever you want. Who going to stop you? We got you. The Headley Group got you. Here's your host, Mike Headley. Our second episode. Now, here's the thing. We have a, I would call, I would call her friend, family to the company. Uh, she's done some wonderful things for us here at the uh, Heavy Group Realty in terms of myself as well as the other agents. And before I let her speak, I mean, her catalog and, and resumes is very impressive. Uh, 23 years in the mortgage business, 14 years as a loan officer, and get this, nine years as an underwriter. That speaks volumes because you get a lot of mortgage mortgage brokers, but don't have the back office experience she has. So she knows exactly what to look for when she's reviewing your application and what, what they ultimately would say. Uh, she specializes in residential homes. She sold up to $15 million in real estate from i guess last year right from the beginning from, from of this january year. from january, january 15 yeah 15. 15 million dollars in loans average 12 closings a month and in this pandemic her business has skyrocketed let's give a warm welcome for mortgage solutions miss karen jones how you doing ma'am i am doing well michael thank That's you right. so much for having me on again uh, well. i uh, i'm very honored it is my pleasure Mm -hmm. uh, to sit and have this conversation with you today. Mm -hmm. A lot of things have happened um, in this industry and in the world. Correct. Moreover, exactly. since we spoke, uh, I believe in January mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. of this year, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm just excited wow, to. Time fly by. January. Yes, it has. Yeah. It has. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to um, be in your presence again, and um, you know, let's see what see what's going on. Talk about what's going on in this industry and how people still very much can. Um, realize the dream of home ownership, even in the midst of a pandemic. Correct. Well, well, and that's a perfect segue. I'm glad you said you mentioned home ownership. For and I want to dive in uh, uh, a few topics here. First time buyers, you specialize in. Uh, yeah. Move up buyers, you specialize in. Walk us through them steps. Somebody sitting on the couch, they want to move forward. They say, I think I want to buy now. Should I buy now? Interest rates is, is low. What is my next step? Walk us through okay. that. So I think when you, um, as a potential homeowner, start muddling over the desire to become home ownership, one of the things that you want to first uh, do is assess um, your desire to take on the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Because being a homeowner does require more responsibility um, mm -hmm. on you as an individual as opposed to renting. So am I ready to take on that responsibility? Mm -hmm. And have I done the things that are going to be needed to successfully close on a home prior to even going to a lender and seeing if this is something that is viable for me? So I, I say take a self-analysis first. Am I in the place mentally become a homeowner? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. there has to be a mindset 
Um, am I ready to take on the responsibility? Have I done all the things that I could do to manage my credit to ensure that I'm in the best credit position? And how am I as a saver? Am I able to save money? Do I have access to the assets that are gonna be necessary in order to buy a home if I don't have the credit that allows me some type of a down payment assistance program or um, the ability to get approved for a program that would not require a down payment? Because you're gonna fall into one or two of those categories. I need a down payment or I don't. Okay. So pre-work has to already has been done in order for that to take place. And if you check those boxes off and say, you know what, I think, I think I'm ready. I think I've done all the things. Now let me make the step to call a lender first. Okay. I understand right. the excitement about going to look at houses and things like that, but I don't like people to set themselves up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to a loan officer first. Let them assess the credit. Let them assess the income. Let us assess the assets. And then we can send you over to um, one of our partners, the Headley Group. That's right. Our partner, <laughs> our partner in crime, the Headley Group. Mm -hmm. And then we know that we are sending your agents out with someone that can buy a house. Mm -hmm. Our time is very important. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we won't make time for those that may not be ready, mm -hmm. but we have to guard that time to make sure that if nothing else, the people have the intention and the desire to want to move forward. Mm -hmm. If they're ready now, great, we put them in the car, we go. Mm -hmm. If you are not ready, then are you prepared um, to say, okay, I'm gonna do whatever it takes within the next three to six months or even 12 months mm -hmm. to be able to be put into a car this time next year. So at the at the end of the day, whether you're ready or you're not, it starts with your mindset. Where am I mentally as it pertains to wanting to take on the responsibility of homeownership? Because if something breaks down, something goes awry, it's no longer the landlord's responsibility. It's now your responsibility. So how you save, how you look at your money, how you spend your money um, will uh, determine how successful of a homeowner you are. So those are the things I think people need to think about before they make that phone call. Um, really have a, um, a talk with themselves, have an assessment about who they are. I talk to myself in the mirror every day. Oh, wow. I'm a big fan of that as well. I, and just to add on to that, I think you're your number one fan. You're your number one cheerleader. So if you can't support you, who else going to do it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh -huh. You know, where am I right now? Where do I want to be? And what sacrifices am I willing to make in order to get to the point um, where there's something that I want to achieve, whether it's a college education, whether it's marriage, I mean, mm -hmm. whatever your heart's desire is, mm -hmm. there has to be steps that are taken in order to make sure that when you acquire what you want to acquire, that you can do so successfully you know and um so self-assessment self-awareness is the first step and then if you think you're there make the call and make the call quickly you know um what we're seeing with historic low rates right now um it's not going to stay that way always Correct. so Correct. put yourself in the position to get the best financing options available to you mm -hmm. okay so that's what i would um that's the advice that i would give someone sitting on that couch um muddling over the the decision to move forward with the process and trying to buy a home or saying you know i might need to wait but it's still good to call 
the right. lender right. and talk to them so you can see in front of you what you need to do. Yeah, okay. so. Okay, yeah, that's, so I mean, I think all that is key. So now that I've been on my couch, uh, I like what I hear, I'm ready to talk to the lender. What's some of the, the items the lender may ask me for to get me okay. to the next step? So one of the things you want to know is uh, how much money do you make? <laughs> I think one of the things that I am seeing more over um, in these recent six months or so is that people really are not aware how much money they're making. Mm. So have your pay stubs with you, have your W-2s with you. So when the lender asks, how much do you make an hour? If you as a potential buyer tells a lender that you don't know how much money you make, that lends itself to the level of financial maturity that you need to have going into buying a house. But if you don't know off the top of your head, be prepared with the documentation and say, okay, according to my pay stub, this is what I've earned. Because what you earn will dictate how much you can buy right. along with how much debt load. So mm -hmm. have your pay stubs. Um, one of the things you also want to know is how long you've been on your job. When did you start your job? Mm -hmm. Because income stability and job stability will also dictate how simple or how easy, I'm sorry, how simple or how hard it will be to get you a home mm. because you have to have a two-year work history. Okay. And I unfortunately had a, a client who just was shy of that two-year work history and wanted to go into contract, but we couldn't. She needed to work a few more months. Mm. So there are a few caveats as it pertains to income stability mm -hmm. um, and job stability that you'll want to be able to answer the lender. Right. I like to I like to say that we look at the three C's when it comes to buying a house. What are the three C's? Credit, credit, credit. Credit. Number one. So when we take an application, we're going to assess two things: your credit. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then we're going to um, assess your cash flow, and then we get to the collateral, which is the property that you want to buy. So in that application. Um, process with those two items, the cash flow and your credit, will allow us to determine if we move on to the collateral phase, mm -hmm. which is the collateral that is going to securitize your loan. Okay. And then that last piece, along with the first two steps, allow us to consummate a closing. Mm. So, credit and cash. Where's your money coming from? Do you have assets? Do you have money to put down? Do you have a 401k? Who is your 401k company with if you're going to look to do some type of uh, real estate transaction hardship withdrawal? Mm -hmm. Where's your money coming from? And these are the areas that have been kind of uh, really touchy for a lot of my clients here lately because they don't know. They don't know how much they have in their 401k. They don't know um, if they can pull money out. They don't even know who's managing the 401k. Oh, wow. And these are things you need to know because that's your money. Correct. You don't know managing it properly you don't know if they're taking your money mm. you know people um when it comes to money have to protect their money if you don't know how much, much you're service. making an hour how do you know that your employee is not paying you properly mm. if you're not looking at your pay stubs and saying hey i'm supposed to be getting 25 dollars an hour and they're only paying me 23.50 mm. But it's been two years now that they've been paying you $23.50 under the pretense that you thought you were making $25 an hour. And that $1.50 can ultimately make the difference as, a, uh, as to whether or not you qualify for your dream home 
or if you're going to have to settle. And I'm not for anyone settling on a house just right. to have one. Right. We so. want you to get what you want. So mm -hmm. just be prepared and, and know the numbers. Mm. Know the know dollars the and the cents. Mm. Absolutely. Credit, I can understand you being off on. But okay. the income is very important. Okay. okay. I want to peel back a little bit. Say uh, Jane, Jane Doe uh, is coming from New York and uh, she's a therapist, mm -hmm. um, but she gets a job in Raleigh. She mm -hmm. um, started her job, but it's the same industry. Could she still use two years returns, but she started a new job, but it's the same industry and still Absolutely. qualify for, for more? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's okay. kind of break down. Um, let's talk about self-employed borrowers because that's where it gets a little bit more murky mm -hmm. when it comes to being able to qualify for a full documentation loan. Okay. That means tax returns, bank statements, pay stubs, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, so if you have Jane Doe, who's a psychiatrist, the odds are she works for herself. Correct or she is contracted right. through some type of health care facility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If she is contracted or either works for herself, she's either going to get a 1099, which warrants a Schedule C, profit right. and loss, on her tax returns. Mm -hmm. So her moving from New York to uh, North Carolina, she's still going to use the same two years tax returns, previous years tax returns. So she should not, she should not have an issue qualifying for a loan unless um, she writes off a lot of expenses. So our self-employed borrowers need to understand that though it helps them from a tax perspective to have as many write-offs as they can to lower their um, adjusted gross income, it does not help them as it pertains to them buying a home. So I think what most self-employers would be, uh, self-employed borrowers would benefit from is paying quarterly taxes. Right. Right. Mm. They don't minimize their net profit on that Schedule C. If you made a half a million dollars gross income, but you wrote off $450,000 in um, expenses, equating to only a $50,000 net earning, you can't buy a half a million dollar house. Right, right. Because what you show on the tax return does not support the mortgage payment for a half a million dollar house. Correct. Right. So we need to start there from an educational perspective. I know people don't like to pay the IRS, but it's a blessing and a curse in itself. Exactly. So how you look at it and how you prepare yourself to be able to um, show sufficient income in order to buy what you want to buy. Mm -hmm. You have to set it up in a way to where you still aren't having to pay the IRS a whole lot of money, but you're paying them something in order to retain um, that income stability on paper. Okay. I can see what you put in your, your uh, bank account and that's fine. But we're talking about the difference between full documentation loan, mm -hmm. which is those low 2.875, 3% rates, or having to do with some type of non-qualifying um, limited documentation with bank statements. They're a higher risk from the bank's perspective, which means they're going to warrant a higher rate. Mm -hmm. So Jane Doe can come down and buy just as long as her income from her tax returns allows her to show financial stability um, and qualify the house that she wants to buy. If Jane Doe is going from self-employment to W-2, 
that's just as fine as well because yeah. she's staying yeah. in the same industry. Um, if she's switching industry, that could cause an issue. The same industry, she'd okay. have no issues. Perfect. Okay. And, and that's what I you actually took the words right out of my mouth. A couple of things you said when I, cause I was about to say, okay, if she is employed, then same industry, no problem. But if she no switches industry, then you got to start from scratch. Yeah. So W2 earners are a lot uh, easier to work with because it's, it's easier to calculate their Correct. income or average income Correct. Um, with self-employed borrowers. You know, if you're doing your taxes yourself, you may want to stop. You Correct. May I recommend that. To mm -hmm. Recommend working with a CPA who can uh, help you even understand those um, write-offs and those expenses that can actually be added back into your earnings on your Schedule C. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's it's people want to make money. Correct. Sometimes don't necessarily want to spend the money. Mm. It actually will help them um, become better business people. Okay. Um, and, and they are not compromised in their desire to want to purchase real estate or any other asset um, with their earnings from the business. Okay. Okay. So I want to transition into, and have some great insight for us first-time buyers. Uh, tell us about investors. Like, what do you do? You work with investors, so because I, I typically know um, they have to put thirty percent or twenty percent down. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong on that. But do you specialize in helping investors? I do work with investors, and I've cl closed a number of investment um, loans. I worked specifically with an investor out of Maryland for years, and all they did was buy properties in North Carolina um, because the rent rolls on them were good in comparison to how much they paid for a home Correct. as opposed Correct. to the Washington, D.C., uh, Maryland, Metro area. Mm -hmm. Right. So when it comes to um, investors, what I find is that um, are you truly an investor or are you just buying your first investment property? Investors, <laughs> Break that down, please. <laughs> exactly. Investors, that is their business. Correct. So they understand um, the financial realm of going to a bank, wanting to get financed for a um, investment, another investment property. They, are, they already have their tax returns prepared. They know how much income they need to show. They mm -hmm. have a very well-oiled Schedule E, which is the real estate owned. So they know how much they're getting on their properties, how much they're paying Correct. out in taxes, how much they're paying Correct. out in insurance. So Correct. all those things factor into an investor. Mm. Um, my client had 30 properties. So every time I did a new property, I had to do a real estate owned schedule that showed those 30 properties, mm. the taxes, mortgage statements, oh, homeowners wow. insurance. So I kept a file for everyone so i could just easily transition so an investor is going to be different they're going to come with multiple properties already owned because that is their business mm -hmm. either they're going to flip them or they're going to rent them so they pretty much will have their ducks in a row when it comes to showing assets okay. Okay. when it comes to showing the rent rolls are these properties um are they earning money on these properties are they just breaking even or are they um, at a loss on these properties. So they're going to be a lot more versed and they're easier to work with. But someone who is buying an investment property for the very first time, hear me clearly. Pay attention. It will be in your best interest. 
for the price point that you are trying to buy to at least have one year worth of mortgage payments on any loan that you're going to get from a bank on an investment property. Mm -hmm. Reason being is that as we see now going through this pandemic, there are scenarios that will present themselves that will prohibit your renter from being able to pay their rent on time. That never absolves you as the investor from paying the creditor. Okay. So you have to be financially prepared, not just to put a 20% down payment, but at least be able to cover that mortgage for 12 months in the event that you have a renter that does not pay mm-hmm. or that property does not turn quickly enough because it may be in, the property may be in an area that it's not heavy in rentals or right. you purchase the property that is priced um, in a way that not, not as many people can afford to rent it. Okay. I see that a lot now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's take for instance, if I'm going to rent my house, I'd rent it out for $2,500 a month. But does the market that I live in, in little old Zebulon, North Carolina, how many people are looking for a house to rent at $2,500? Right. First of all, they got to be able to afford it. And then the light bill that comes with a house that's $2,500. Utilities. Can you afford the $600 and $700 electric bill that comes sometimes in the winter? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you buy a house that would warrant maybe $800 to $1,000, Because your mortgage is only maybe six hundred, mm. and you can make two to four hundred dollars. Correct. Yeah, but you still want to be financially able to cover that mortgage for twelve months. If you get into renting, you got to kick them out. Correct. Non-payment, or you've been unable to successfully rent that property out within thirty days of closing, or before that first mortgage payment is due. And that's where a lot of first-time in real estate investors, um, unfortunately, mess up a little bit that they are not prepared. They think that if I have someone going into the house, that I can use the uh, rents from that property to offset the mortgage. And the difference can be part of the income. It doesn't work that way as a first-time investor. Mm. You can only use the net earnings from an investment property as income if you've had that property for 12 months. And let's say you're buying a subsequent property. So have your, have your assets in order, have your down payment, have 12 months worth of mortgage, whether, I don't care if it's sitting in your 401k, that's still an asset. That's mm. still liquid datable money that in the, in the time of a hardship, you can access those monies. Mm. So have your documentation, have your money in place and you'll successfully buy. I would also suggest that the first property that you buy, maybe do a flip and then use that money to build the right. money. So you buy a house for 40,000, you sell it for a hundred, take that 50,000 that you net and use it to buy more properties Correct. that you now will hold um, and be a managing landlord. And you can potentially flip. So use the money wisely. Right. How, you know, do you want legacy in, in um, the, the real estate that you own or are you trying to just, make money. Some people just want to make money. They want to flip, 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 mm-hmm. build their mm-hmm. bankroll. Some people want to build legacy for the for their children, for their right. grandchildren, right. their grandchildren's children, mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. So they want mm-hmm. to have properties that are managed, um, whether it be in a trust or something like that. 
So determine which one do you want. Correct. Right. Yeah. Do you want to bankroll or do you want to manage properties? And that's mm. all you do. Oh, I mean, so, so, uh, I mean, so much I want to unpack with that. Some great, great information <laughs> that you, you, and you, in you understand as an investor. I definitely do. I, I, so what I, is your intention? What's your end goal? Correct. You know, it's funny. We had this conversation uh, Wednesday. I had a discussion with an investor. Again, first time buyer. I want to get in. I want to flip properties. So then I said, well, what's your price point looking like? Well, I, I don't know what that is. Price point in terms of, like you just said, if you cannot rent that property out, you need to be thinking worst case scenario. If you oh. can't rent that property out, how do you have the extra money to pay for that? How do you, again, if, my, if your mortgage payment is $1,800, do you have uh, $3,600 for two months if this person can't pay? Like, what's the next game plan? So my advice to them was, buy, buy lower. I'm thinking properties under, depends on the market you're in, on the market we're in. If you can get something under 65, 55,000, which they don't mm -hmm. exist, but if you can, <laughs> then you can manage that right. a little bit better, seven, eight, $900 a month prop, uh, uh, monthly payment versus right. the $1,800, what I just you know, put out there. But yeah, that was, that was some great insight there. It's, uh, it, when it comes to investing, it's, it's more than just a notion. Exactly. There has to be some research done, mm -hmm. there has Correct. to be even more preparation Ooh, financially so Correct. than someone who is wanting to go and buy a primary residence. Mm. You can lose everything behind a, a wrong so investment. And it could be your so first true. investment. And, 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 and it and, could compromise everything about your personal mm -hmm. assets as well. So I think mm -hmm. for people who really want to invest in property, uh, take a class, Go to several seminars, get different ideas from different people. Do I, I'm gonna give you an Ayala line, Ayala Van Zandt line. I like Do that. your work. That's right. It's more than just a notion. It's more than just a notion of wanting to be a homeowner as well from a primary residence perspective. And I was actually just add to that. We actually have a buyers investors presentation that we are. Uh, kind of give to any kind of client. So I do want to add that if anybody do want to reach out. Uh, uh, now, listen, Karen, you know, you always give us some great Jews. Now, now, you know, our time is eating us up here, right? right? So now, so we want to do, I just want to shift it in terms of, you know, I've always asked guests for two golden nuggets, but you actually gave me about 15. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I want to do is end them two golden nuggets that I would like for you to kind of um, provide for us. If you can actually give us a story, because I think stories are very impactful, that uh, um, that was a plus to a client. So give us one of them good, give us give us a story. Okay. So, this way we so one, one of the things that I never tell a client, Michael, is that they've been denied. Because mm. what that does is it adds a sense of defeat. Um, and when people are denied, they typically will stop trying to acquire something that I think that we all as Americans and humans have a right to when the work has been done, right? Mm -hmm. So I never want, I never tell a client that they've been denied. I tell a client that your blessing has been delayed. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't mean that it, it cannot happen for you. Mm -hmm. And I go into a lot of consultations with clients. And when I give you a step-by-step -step plan, it now becomes your responsibility to make it come to fruition. So I had a couple last year around August came to me 
It wasn't that their credit was bad, but it was just kind of mediocre. It was on the fence of, yeah, you could get approved, but you know, their assets did not allow them to move forward. So we put a, a, a six month plan of action together. Okay. That if you did X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. and you come back in six months, then I don't see why you wouldn't be able to buy a home. And also give your credit some time to improve because they were had taken the steps to start um, allowing their credit to improve. Well, I get a call and uh, this was in August and I actually ended up giving a call in May. And um, it was the young lady um, in the relationship called me. She says, Karen, this is so-and-so. Um, me and my fiance are ready to buy. And the first thing I asked them was, well, did you save some money? She said, yes, ma'am. And I was thinking, okay, they even saved about three or $4,000. Mm. She said, yeah, we saved $30,000 from August to May. Wow. And I, I was, was impressed. blown away. Wow. Because as a loan officer, what you will find more so than, um, more often than not, is that loan officers want to work with people who are ready. They don't necessarily want to invest the time that it will take to put together a full synopsis plan of action for you and then you do nothing with it because it doesn't benefit you and it doesn't benefit them. So to see this young couple has saved that much money, we just closed on um, a $400,000 home for them. They wow. didn't have to settle and they closed at a 3% interest rate. Wow, great payments. Wow. Great payments. Mm -hmm. And they still had assets left to go in if they wanted to make any adjustments to the house, if they wanted to buy new furniture, wow. all fun things about uh, the home ownership experience. So whoever is listening, it can be done. And watching. You just, ha you just have to mm -hmm. decide what you are willing to sacrifice if you're not ready. Mm -hmm. And understand that don't ever take a lender saying that they can't do it right now as you being denied the, the dream. Mm -hmm. Your dream is just on delay. And you will be the person that decides, do I get to that? Um, do I get to see the manifestation mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. that dream come to fruition sooner or later by my own personal action? Mm -hmm. So that's where it goes back to self-awareness, self-assessment. Am I willing to do the things that will get me across the finish line sooner or later? What am I willing to deny myself? What am I willing to sacrifice? And you will be the determining factor if you buy in three months or three years. So be willing to hear the constructive criticism, take ownership, take action. Well, well now listen, I, <laughs> without me giving a round of applause, I forgot to add the other thing as well. Ms. Karen is a pastor as well, but I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yes, so, sir, so, so hopefully y'all hear that, you know, the, with the, the, the motivation and, and only thing she's missing the man upstairs. So, so yeah. but she's, uh, she's a pastor as well. That's why I'm here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I will, I will, cause you're going to get some calls after this one. I know, I just know with this video, it should go viral. Um, what areas do you specialize in throughout the country or are you just centered in one location? Well, um, I I hold 15 licenses throughout the country. However, oh, let me put that on pause. How many licenses do you hold? 15. 15 different state licenses. That's incredible. But, but yeah. go ahead, though. 
But actively, I am um, in the North Carolina market. Okay. I am in the South Carolina market. Okay. I am in the Florida market and the okay. Georgia market. Georgia market as well. And okay. in, in saying that, um, what I mean is that I am literally closing loans in those markets personally. Okay. 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 So um, if you are in any of those markets, um, I can, from a licensure perspective, close. Um, any of the other markets that I hold licenses in, they're currently uh, inactive because I'm not doing business. And financially, it doesn't make sense if I don't have um, business that is turning month Correct. over. Correct. Licensure. But if I do see an opportunity in a market, let's say in Maryland, um, mm -hmm. Louisiana, Mississippi, mm -hmm. Oregon, Washington State, I, I have a license in South Dakota, North Dakota. <laughs> oh, South Dakota. Oof. Well, well, you know, I, well, you so are I there. No, I'm playing. Yeah. Opportunities yeah. in those markets that will allow me to um, look at the cost of, of paying for those licenses year over year, cost effective. Then, of course, all I have to do is just contact the regulator of that state and say, hey, I want to activate my license and pay the fees and take any continuing education courses. Okay. But actively closing month over month. North Carolina, South Carolina, Ooh. Florida, and Georgia. Ooh. Oh, trust me, they—they're gonna be reaching out. They—they they well, will, they, they so. will reach out. Um, I, I hope so. And I think you know, last thing I want to say is that you know, um, every lender is different, and the time that is going to be afforded you by that lender is going to be different. Um, I don't consider myself to be better or have uh, the the a magic wand to make things happen for other people. But I will say what differentiates me and how I handle my business is that I don't look at my clients as a number or a dollar sign. Yes, that is what meets us at the end of the year, at the end of the month. And that's how our, our uh, employers may equate our successes through units and dollars. But the difference between me is that I don't look at my clients that way. I look at them as human beings. I treat every client the same, whether you're buying a $75,000 house or half a million dollar house. And I'm willing to offer the, uh, this is how we do it consultation mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. those who are not ready. You're not Absolutely. gonna get, uh, you don't qualify, call me in six call months. Six and, months. Exactly. and the client is left with, what, is, what do I do in those mm -hmm. six months? Right. What, what is it, what's gonna get me there? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm going to offer them that time. And at the end of the day, and again, it's taking the information and making it work for you. We no longer can say, well, I didn't know because ignorance no longer is your excuse. No longer. Non-action is your excuse. That's right. And it and, still falls back on your lap. Correct. So and go ahead and admit that. Those, right. And for those loan uh -huh. officers who are willing to give you a step-by-step, -step, you know, um, respect the time that's being offered you and be willing. If you don't want to hear it, then just hang up the phone. Correct. But we will offer you that consultation. And uh, if you go to Mr. Marketing down the street, he's going to charge you $199 an hour, $200 an hour for the same information that I'm willing to give you for free. Mm -hmm. So take advantage, use it, and grow from it. Okay? Well, well, I just want to add before we kind of part here, actually, the first transaction I've actually worked with Karen on, uh, these particular buyers were denied twice by uh by these lenders connected with Karen, we wrapped it up. Had to go through a few things, but yes. we wrapped it up. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and let's be very clear about something else, Mike. I don't think I told you. What's that? So they did not have, they, they were not, they didn't have A1 credit, but the credit okay. was good enough to buy, okay. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, when they closed, they didn't get the most advantageous rate when okay. they closed. Mm -hmm. 
But just a few short months ago, we closed on a refinance for them on an interest rate reduction loan through FHA and was uh -huh. able to reduce their payment over $200. Give them a call. Um, Let them know. So listen, even will, if, it's, awesome. if it's not the best scenario now uh -huh. that you close under, mm -hmm. please know that I'm still willing to get you there. Their only requirement was to make their mortgage payment on time for six months. So we took them, I think, from 5.75 down to 3.75. I know you love that payment drop dramatically. To hold two months of mortgage payments that they didn't have to pay. Oh, so wow. work with someone who cares mm -hmm. about you even after the transaction mm -hmm. has been completed. Work with someone who cares and you're not just a number. And you will know after first conversation if they are truly invested in what happens to you as a human as opposed to just earning a commission off of um, the service that they're providing because it makes a difference. It makes so a difference. difference. Well, yeah. you know some. I mean, there's so much. Like I said, Ms. Karen, we could talk for a couple of hours here. You gave us so much yeah. great information <laughs> all the time, right? Uh, and yeah. I can really, really advocate and recommend um, um, Karen. She's done um, not only this, the uh, um, clients I dealt with as well as the team clients and and anybody else I refer to her. But Karen, thank you again. We're going to have all your great information on this video here. And again, people will reach out to you. Those who don't know Mike Hadley, he has a servant's heart. I appreciate and, that. Um, he doesn't do what he does just to make money. He does it because he cares about his community. And he wants to see everyone succeed, not just our culture, not just our community, but everyone that comes across one of his agents. I've had the pleasure of closing transactions with at least six of them, I do believe. Mm -hmm. um, and they go above and beyond. And we don't shy away from the hard ones. It just makes us push a little harder. And we learn and we grow. Correct. So if you don't have the perfect scenario, don't be afraid to just take the leap. Find out what you need to do. Michael Headley's agents are awesome to work with. They're some of the most lovely people. They know the business. They know the market. So give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance.